Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Proverbs chapter 11, it says, There is one who is free in giving. And Joey didn't even know that I was going to be sharing on this scripture today. And he used it today for encouraging our offering. And yet he grows richer. And there is one who keeps what he should give, but he ends up needing more. I just find that concept very interesting. The message translation puts it this way. It says, the world of the generous... What does it say? The world of the generous gets... Larger, larger and larger. And larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller. smaller and smaller. Love it. The world of the generous gets the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. If you invited someone today, I know in you know churches, excuse me, churches are, you know, sometimes we come into churches like only one is your money. Those churches. And if you were invited today, they'd be like, I swear he never talks about giving. I swear. Come back next week. He always talks about Jesus and love. Man, I didn't know he was going to preach about this today. So, I want to encourage you to be open to what the Holy Spirit has to say today. Amen? Can we bow our heads? And pray, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you are the communicator. You are communicating to this church today, uh, not just through your word, but prophetically on time at this moment, at this specific occasion, uh, to our hearts. Lord, allow us that whatever wall we have constructed, whatever wall we have built up to block out your voice and block out your Holy Spirit, oh God. Sometimes we become such good, some such good construct, construction men and women because we build this fortress around our heart that we don't want anyone to get in. But I just pray, Lord, that today, as you did with the walls of Jericho, that you may bring the walls tumbling down, oh God. So we love you, God. We thank you, Lord, that you give us an amazing opportunity to worship here at Kuhau. I get to pastor such an amazing church, and I'm married to the most amazing woman on the planet. She drives me crazy, but I'm crazy about her. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say, amen, amen. I was suggested not to say uh, my hot wife, because I would say, and if you agree, say amen. And then the wives in the congregation will look at their husband and say, go ahead, you did you say amen to that, see what happens to you. Amen. I'm excited about our worship team. Uh, many of you guys don't know it, but uh, next week we'll probably be launching our uh, first uh, recording uh, cover from our worship team. Amen. Yeah. Uh, this year is going to be an amazing time for our church and our worship team, and uh, it brings me great, great joy to say, I mean, it, there was... Uh, collective of people that will tell me, I don't even listen to worship outside of Kuhau. I, I record Kuhau worship 
and I actually put it in my car, and that's what I listen to. And so we believe that God has anointed our church to not just uh, lead us into worship, but lead this island into worship and lead this city into worship, and maybe one day lead this nation into worship, Amen. and even one day be global, have a global impact in worship. Amen. If you believe that, give God some praise. Repetition uh, many times equals importance. Repetition equals importance. Uh, many times, um, things that are repeated over and over, it's usually because it's important. And so, like for me, I've been married for about five years, and my beautiful wife, Lisa, uh, I can say in five years, there are things that I've heard come out of my her mouth over and over again. <laughs> and all the wives say amen. Amen. <laughs> and so, my wife, Lisa, there are a few things that I say, you know, there are a few things that my wife has told me I have heard come out of her mouth about three, four, five, all right, maybe 20 times a day. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And so one of those phrases and one of those questions is this one phrase, I don't know if you guys know it, maybe some of the husbands may have heard this before, I may be the only one, I am not sure, but there is this phrase and uh, it, it, it goes like this. There we go, phrase, phrase, phrase. No, the phrase. <laughs> Have you ever heard this one? Are those dishes yours? Or are those your dishes? I can't explain how many times I have heard this come out of my wife's mouth. Are those your dishes? Now, I want to explain something to you. I am a grown man. I am about, about 34-ish, somewhere down that lane. Are those your dishes? Anybody ever heard that? Anybody of the husbands heard that? Are those your dishes? No. And I try, to, uh, uh, I try to get my way out of answering that question. Um, uh, and, she, and she goes, I said, is this a genuine question? Because I would like to say, no, those are not my dishes. But then there is a follow-up question, and it goes something like this, but they're all coffee cups. Okay, you got me. You got me. They're all mine. How about this one? Did you use the right sponge? Now, I didn't know that there was a right sponge. I didn't know. But I can't explain to you how many times when I actually allow the Holy Spirit to use me to do the dishes, because I need the power of the Holy Ghost to do the dishes, I and to use me to do the dishes, and my wife asked me, did you use the right sponge? Because there is a sponge for the counter, and there is a sponge for the dishes. Apparently, you cannot use the sponge for the counter to do the dishes. Somebody help a pastor. How about this? Make sure you take off your shoes. If you ever came to my house, you would have heard Lisa say these words. Make sure you take off your shoes. As a matter of fact, if I ever invited you to my house, my wife is texting me to make sure I text you. Please remember that when people come to our house, they have to take off their shoes. Alright? How about this one? Did you put the toilet paper back on the dispenser? Again, I want to repeat, I am a grown man. <laughs> I'm not going to even go into this one. We're going to fast forward to number five. Well, did you, I am a grown man, did you wash your hands? Now, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I promise you every night I walk into, we have a bathroom in my room. And in my room, I go, 
none of your business, and I go and I brush my teeth or whatever, and I come out and my wife immediately, she looks at me with her beautiful Filipino eyes, and she says, did you wash your hands? And I look at her and I'm like, woman, I am a grown man. I am a father. Don't be asking me if I wash my hands. First of all, whatever I do in there is none of your business. Whether I wash, now I don't know why she feels the need to tell me that I wash my hands. Apparently she thinks, never mind, I mean they only happen a couple of times. And, uh, how many of you guys know that repetition uh, many times equals importance? And oftentimes when someone repeats something to you, oftentimes it's because you need to remember that. And oftentimes it's because it's important to the person that is communicating or is repeating themselves over and over and over again. Why are the women nodding here and all the men are like... <laughs> over and over and over and over and over again. Like we do this, uh, this happens with our spouses, but it also happens with our kids. Like there is not a time I don't tell my kids, go wash your face and brush your teeth. Any parents in the house? Like my son is 11 years old, and I look at him and I say, son, did you brush your teeth? Oh, I was gonna. How come every time you ask them if they brush their teeth, they always are about to do it? Amen. Right? They're, they're always about to brush their teeth. What about this? How about, how about, did you flush the toilet? Because you don't want to walk in there and get into everybody's business. So I tell my kids, hey, did you flush the toilet? I was about to. Right? You've been there for an hour, Marlon. Did you flush the toilet? Did you wash correctly to your kids? To your kids, not to your spouse, but to your, to your kids. I promise you, my son has the world record in taking showers. What do I mean? He walked in one day and he walked out. And he said, I took a shower. I said, you liar. I said, you, what, what did you do? World record. I, we, we took it. It was a minute. We, we actually timed it. It was a minute and 30 seconds. This boy walked into the shower. I'm like, what did you wash, bro? Did you just like get wet and walk out? Any parents know what I'm talking about? Like, you, your kid, like did you wash correctly? Right? And this is one I always, no matter what, I always say, hey, put on, when you're in the car, put on your seatbelt. And, and that is just something because it's extremely important for me to know that my kids are putting on their seatbelt. And guess what? Every single time I ask them, you know what they tell me? I was about to. Right? How many know that repetition equals importance? And many times that when we repeat ourselves, it's because we're trying to overemphasize on something that is extremely important to us. But also, equally, it's because sometimes the ones that we are communicating with tend to forget. You know what I'm talking about? And it doesn't, it doesn't stop. I tell my kids, seatbelts. I was about to. I was putting it on, right? Sailor's pretty good. Sailor just immediately, she's the one that, Daddy, get off your phone. Get off your phone. She repeats herself to me. You know what I'm talking about? I, want to, I say that because in the Bible, there are things that the Bible speaks about over and over and over and over again, and we see the pattern of it through repetition. 
And so if you, if you ever looked up the word, how many of you guys know that the word believe is important? How many know that the word believe is important? If you think about it, I mean, it's so important because it is really how we enter salvation. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we will be saved. That word is extremely important. The word believe is found 272 times in the entire Bible. It's pretty important. Amen? Amen. How many of you guys agree that the word praise is pretty important as well? Yes. See, the word praise is found 300 and 71 times in the Bible. Amen. 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 I mean, the word praise. Uh, could you imagine how many, how many of God's people praised him? And that word is used over and over and over again in the Bible. The word praise. There's another word, love. We learned the love languages last week, right? I saw the message on Vimeo. <laughs> right? Love. The word love, how many agree that love is important? Amen. How many of you in love right now? Forget about it. Don't answer that question. One day. One day. The word love is found 714 times in the entire Bible. How many, how many would agree that based upon repetition, the word love is a good thing? That is an amazing thing. Let it be said about Kuha that they give wisely. But let it be said about Kuha also that they give generously. See, I don't want them just to say, hey, they give wisely, or they give sparingly, or they give uh, grudgingly, or they give reluctantly. Yeah, they give, but they give reluctantly. No, no, no. I want, I want to be known as the church. Let it be said about Christ, uncensored house of worship. Man, that church leads in the area of generosity. Man, that church gives where it sounds ridiculous. That church gives that it doesn't make sense. That church gives, and how could they give so much? There's such a small church. They've only been in existence for three and a half years. How can they give so generously? Why? Because we understand that we serve a God that has given generously to us. And so as freely as we have received is as freely as we give. If you believe that, give God some praise in the house. See, Proverbs, the wisest man, he says, there is one who is free in giving and he grows richer. And there is one who keeps what he should give, but he ends up needing more. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. See, I believe that God is looking us, looking for our church to grow larger and larger. Yeah. And the way we can grow larger and larger is by allowing God to allow us to give in a supernatural, expansive, illogical, generous kind of way. Amen. See, because when you begin to give with a spirit of generosity, when you begin to give with a heart of generosity, your perspective begins to change. And the wisest man on the planet, he says, man, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. See, when you begin to and hold on to everything that God has given you and you become stingy with it you know what happens our perspective gets smaller and smaller and we can only see what's before us when you begin to give generously though our heart becomes bigger our heart becomes larger our perspective becomes larger our impact becomes larger because we're not just seeking for the income we're seeking for the outcome amen amen See, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets 
smaller and smaller. See, and it's not just about money. It's not just about money. It's about being, living generous lives. Being generous with our time. Being generous with our resources. I want to live the kind of life that's, that says I am much more than a taker, I am a giver. See, because oftentimes we are on a journey and there is a season that God has called us to be receivers. But God is also calling Christ uncensored to be much more than receivers, but to also be givers. Amen. I want to live the kind of life that says, here, let me give you what God has given to me. I want to be generous with my home. I want to be generous with my time. I want to be generous with what I possess. I want to be generous with all that God has given me. What's mine is not mine. What's mine becomes a way of being generous. He places it in your, your lap, and he's calling us to be much more than just takers. Have you ever met takers? You know what I'm talking about? Should I just skip that part? Well, y'all want me to preach on that. I'm sitting to a take. I'm sitting next to a taker right now. It just takes you just right See, I just want, I want to be more than just, and I said for 2017, I don't want to walk in this world seeking for a blessing from God, but looking at God and saying, Lord, I want to be a blessing to someone else. I don't want to just be a receiver. I want to be a giver. And there's a journey that God puts us on and that we start receiving. But let me tell you, like my mentor says, Pastor Russell Hodgins, he says there is a time that the church must move from receiving and talking about feed me, fix me, and heal me, and start moving into, Lord, equip me, Lord, train me, Lord, send me, Lord, let me be a blessing to someone else. Not, Lord, just give me a blessing, Lord, make me into a blessing. Amen. See, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it talks about a spirit of generosity. It is a lifestyle of generosity. It is a way of life. It is living in a way that says, what well, mine is not mine, but God has called me to steward. It says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy. Someone shout abundant joy. Abundant joy. Which has overflowed in what? Rich generosity. See, I love this because the Apostle Paul, can I, talk, can I tell you a story? I want to teach a little bit, but I'm not good at teaching. I get into this preaching mode and then the piano. And anyway, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And he's saying, hey, this is his church in Macedonia. And I want, to, I want to use them as an example of what it means to be a generous church. I want to use them as an example to this church in Corinth. Let me talk to you about this church in Macedonia. They not only gave what they could afford, they gave above and beyond. And I love that because I, I said, Lord, can we be that church? Can we be the type of church in Staten Island where God would say, hey, you want an example of what it looks like to be generous? Look at Kuhau. Amen. You want an example of what it looks like to go above and beyond? Look at Kuhau. Not in an arrogant or prideful type of way, but in a way that God can boast about what he is doing in our church. Amen. Amen? Amen? See, the message of every church should be this. Look what God has done through us. Not look what we have done. 
But look what God has done through us. See, that's the message that God is trying to communicate to us today. Look what God has done through us. Why? Because generosity begins with God because everything belongs to God. Are you hearing me, church? I want to start off by saying this. Write this down. Number one, generous giving. Write this down. Take notes. You get Google points in heaven. Generosity, generous giving, is an extension. Everybody say extension. Of God's kindness. What would it look like if we got the revelation? Watch this. What would it look like if we got the revelation that everything belongs to God? See, everything begins, generosity begins with God. But it's also because it belongs to God. See, there's nothing stingy about our God. There's nothing that is not generous about our God. If I were to go into detail about how generous our God is, it would be an exhaustible task. I would not be able, there are not enough words in the English language to begin to communicate how generous our God is. Generosity doesn't begin with Kuhau. Generosity begins with God. And we're so, we're just a church that say, hey, look what God has done through us. We're just an extension of God's kindness. See, generosity begins with God because it belongs to God. Oh, you thought them were your kids. They belong to God. Are you hearing me, church? Oh, you thought that was your spouse. She belongs to God. Oh, you thought that was your husband. He belongs to God. Oh, you thought that was your car. It belongs to God. <laughs> oh, you thought that it was your job. <laughs> It belongs to God. Oh, you thought that was your paycheck. It belongs to God. See, when we live a generous life, we begin to understand that everything belongs to God. And when you see God as this abundant giver, you begin to realize that everything I possess is simply a, 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 a property of God. It belongs to God. Everything that God has given me belongs to Him. And I am simply stewarding what God has given me. But the good news is that when God gives, He gives good. The type of language that the Bible uses to explain generosity, the ger generosity of God, is that God gives abundantly. Can you say amen? amen. God gives overflowingly. Can you say amen? amen. God gives exceedingly. Can you say amen? amen? God gives sufficiently. God gives every. God gives all. This is all to describe how generous our God is. If you believe you serve a generous God, give him some praises. belongs to him. I, I, I have conversations with Reuben because he is he, he will be 23 years old tomorrow. Amen. 23 years old tomorrow. Second year of college. Loves the Lord and single. Amen. And I said be careful who you date because they don't belong to you. You don't want to begin to I'm preaching Amen. You don't want to begin to take possession of something that's never meant to be yours in the first place. Amen. I messed up his whole dating game. I, re I wrecked his whole dating game. I was like, you don't want to take possession of something that was never meant to be yours in the first place. And many times we think dating game is interfering. Do you know that someone that's someone else's future wife? Do you know that someone else's 
future husband? Yeah. Are you hearing me? So I say, Ruben, be careful. Because you're wrecking these girls' lives, man. <laughs> he is a girl wrecker. I just messed them up. Just if, just if you had, I messed you up right now, man. You're going to have to go to another church to find your wife. <laughs> understand that God gives generously and also begin to understand that everything belongs to God, I treat my wife differently. When I understand that my children belong to God, I treat my children differently. See, because they don't belong to me. God just lend them to me to steward them here on earth. See, when I begin to look at my paycheck and I look at my paycheck and I realize that that paycheck does not belong to Rolando Remedios. It belongs to God. I begin to steward my finances correctly. When I begin to look at my business and I say that my business, oh, that's not my business. That business belongs to God and God has given it to me just to steward it here on earth. Man, you begin to do business differently. Right? You live this generous life. Look what the Bible says. If you just if you if you had any doubts, look what it says. Everything belongs to God. Hebrews chapter 10. And all the things were created by his power. The earth and everything on it belongs to the Lord. I get excited. The world and all its people belong to Him. 2 Corinthians, you can eat. Why? How many enjoy eating? Because the earth and everything belongs to the Lord. You know what the beautiful thing about generosity is? That you can't fake generosity. You can tell when someone gives freely and when someone doesn't. You can tell when someone gives sparingly and when someone gives out of the abundance of their heart. See, giving is not about what leaves your hand. Giving is about who possesses your heart. Are you hearing me, Kuha? See, oftentimes our giving starts with our hands. And it's not just our hands that giving starts with. Yes, is a part of it. But more importantly, when we begin to understand that giving begins here. See, giving is not simply an action, it's an attitude. Amen. It's not a behavior. It's who do you belong to. And when I realize everything belongs to God, I can freely give because it's been freely given to me. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen? I thank God that this church, Christ Uncensored, is a generous church. Yeah. Man, let me tell you that, that one thing about this church, it isn't it doesn't matter what the income is. It really matters what the outcome has been. Huh. And at Christ Uncensored, I want to explain to you that we are being spoke about all around. All around. I want to say Staten Island first and maybe throughout the region of New York, New Jersey. And one of the things that they say about Staten Island is that, uh, uh, they say about Kuhau is that Kuhau, man, you guys seem like a small church, but you guys are big. Huh. You know what they're talking about? They're talking about the heart of this ministry. And at Kuha, I want to say that in, in the small congregation, what's considered small throughout the nation, this is considered a small church, but I want to say we may be small in numbers because we're only three years old, but guess what? We are big in heart. Amen. And it doesn't take a lot to make a huge impact. And at 
Christ uncensored, we, we were able to feed, and we're talking about an average of one family a month that needed finances. They needed what we call a nice compra. You know what I'm talking about? They needed some groceries. And at Christ Uncensored, we were able to be a blessing to over a dozen families. That's an average of one family a month. We were just able to say, hey, you need some, you need a, a little pick-me-up? Let's bless you. I want to introduce you to a missionary that came to us. And they said, I went to Mexico, Tijuana, Mexico. And I met this man. His name is Omar Dominic. We, we just call him Tio Omar. That's what we call him in Mexico. We call him Tio Omar. And he came to me. And he said, Pastor Rowe, they're about to send me back. I am not. They cut our funding. They cut our funding, Pastor Rowe. And I'm going to have to leave Mexico. Now, this is a missionary that stays and gives his entire life to about 14 orphan kids. And he says, Pastor Rowe, can your church help? You know what, Christ Uncensored? It brought me great joy to be able to say, yes, we can. Hallelujah. Because we have a church that gives generously. We have a church that, and guess what? year ago and for an entire year Christ uncensored yes we have a small income but we have a big outcome and guess what yes we're in Staten Island but we're not just affecting Staten Island we're affecting Tijuana Mexico I met this kid this kid oh my god he loves me he loves me he, he was at my hip the whole time we were there Tijuana Mexico and Dio Omar said hey could Christ uncensored help us out financially because then I would have to leave. And our church said, yes, we can. Amen. Yes, we can. Amen. We can help you. And for the last year, we've been supporting the Omar financially so that he can be with those or, uh, orphan kids in Mexico. Yeah. Man, they, got, they, they, they have a small location, but they have a big heart. We've been able to support him financially for an entire year. Yes, look, look at around you. Ain't no millionaires here right now, millionaire checks. S soon though, soon though. <laughs> but guess what? We're making a big impact. Why? Because Christ Uncensored chose, starting with the leaders in this house, chose to be generous. You know, we began to support a young kid when we only had maybe about five people giving at this church. And his name is Yuri. And we said, we're going we're gonna to begin to support him financially. And we provide him schooling, we provide him meals, we pro provide him a living that, that he would not get outside of the sponsorship of this church. We are the only ones sponsoring him right now. And guess what? The church at Christ has said, we've written him letters, he's written back to us, he's told us how grateful he is to have a church that believes in his future. And we're making an impact in his life. And guess what? Not only him. Because last year we said, hey, it's not going to just be one. And so now Yuri is not alone. We're able to financially support and sponsor. He has a, a, a group of people. We're able to sponsor Alexander. We're able to sponsor Mercedes and Gemini. We're able to sponsor Karina. Not in Guest Connections, but Karina right here. <laughs> they are not alone. This is the story of the gospel. Look what God has done through us. Amen. Look what God is doing through Christ Uncensored House of Worship. We, uh, Pastor Hodgins came to me and he said, hey man, we need funding at Teen Challenge. We need funding at Teen Challenge. 
Teen Challenge is a program that helps recovering teens and adults um, in a sickness of addiction, alcohol. They call it a virus. They call it a disease. And by the grace of God, we've been able to financially support Teen Challenge and be able to support a, a ministry that is specifically, in Staten Island, can I tell you, in Staten Island, they call it Heroin Island. They call it Heroin Island because of the drug epidemic that's happening here. But we are able to financially, hey, we might not have all the answers, but we know, we know a ministry that is making things happen, and maybe they need some support, and we're able to say, hey, we want to support you. They came to us, Pastor Russ came to me, and we said, yes, we can help, support, and, and, and make sure that you're reaching the people. That these people are going in there as addicts and walking out as anointed men yeah. of God. We also uh, helped out two church plants that came to us. When we started this church, can I be honest, we didn't have no financial support. None. Zero. Anybody say zero? Zero. None. You know, zero. We started with zero financial support. Not one ministry helped us. Not one ministry served us. Nothing. And God put in our heart that if there are churches that are being planted by young ministers, we want to help support them. And by the grace of God, we were able to bless a, a side for their expenses. Guess, guess what? They don't have to live the same story that we did. We started off very slow. We started with no funds, with no support. God created a miracle at Christ and Center. But it's not so that we can just be blessed. It's so that we can be a blessing. And by the grace of God, we were able to... Now these churches are doing well. Now these churches are thriving. One of them actually has more members than us. I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. But it's through your generosity. So I just want to give you guys and give yourselves a round of applause for what God is doing through you. Number two, write this down. Generosity gives out of delight, not out of duty. It gives out of delight and out of duty in this text. Here you have the church in Macedonia who are giving through their series of difficulties. This was a church community that was considered, and the, this was a church that was considered poor. How many you ever felt like, I don't got time to pray for someone else. I got my own problems to pray for. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't got time to pray for fulana de tal. I got my own drama to pray for. I got my own kids to deal with. I got my own finances and my own budgets, and I got my own career. I, I, I don't got time to be praying for. Ain't nobody got time for that. You know what I'm talking about? Here's a church that, when you have a spirit of generosity, you don't focus on your poverty. You focus on His sovereignty. Huh. See, when you, when you live a life of gener generosity, you don't see how poor you are, but you see how much God can pour you out. See, when you live a life of generosity, you say, I I'm not just going to lean on my resources. I'm going to go to the one that is the source. I'm going to keep my eyes focused on the one that is the source. See, we give out of delight, not out of duty. We don't give out of duty or obligation. This is not generous giving. Generous giving is not, is not being I'm just going to give because I'm supposed to. It 
thank you. But if you want to see the blessing, if you want to experience this abundant joy, if you want to experience this type of life that says, whoo, I can't wait to be a blessing to someone else. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. You know what that means, this word love in the original language? In this context, literally means you grab God's attention. And when you allow God to minister to your heart and you release what, what God has placed in your hands, you release it, you give it, guess what? You're simply making room for what God is about to pour out in your hands. See, many times we think, oh man, what? she shouldn't be giving that much. What kind of church is that, man? Pastor Rowe, we should be saving up some of that money for ourselves. Why, why do you give so much? You can't afford that. Why, why are you so generous? You can't afford Listen, because I'm just making room for what, for the blessing that God's going to give me. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, I'm just making room. Tell them, I'm just making room. I'm just making room. Oh, you know why I can give away a car? Because I'm just making room. <laughs> you know why I can give up my house? Because I'm just making room. You know why I can feed as many people as we feed? You know why I say it with me? Because I'm just making room. I believe in 2017, God is calling us to let go of what we have received in 2016. Give it up to the world so that we can make room for all that he has for us in this year. I'm just making room. See, when you're generous... You don't give out of delight, you give out of, you don't give out of duty, you give out of delight. See, generous people give out of gratitude, not, of, not out of guilt. We give out of privilege, not out of pressure. You can be pressured to give, but you won't experience the joy of giving when you're pressured to give. When you, people give generously, they give out of faith and not of fear. They give out of opportunity and not of obligation. They give out of being blessed and not being burdened. See, 2 Corinthians says, For 